today on In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag. You're still on milk, and you're missing out. You've become dull of hearing. You no longer have interest. You're no longer even trying in that still, small, refining voice. And I love you so much that I can't stand to see you remain this way because I got so much for you, so much I want to show you, so much I want to give you, but you can't handle it because you're still on milk. You're listening to In Spirit and Truth, the radio ministry of Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. is currently teaching through the book of Hebrews. When you're learning a new skill, how exciting is it when you get to a level that's beyond beginner? When you learn the ins and outs of a trade, it becomes that much more intensive. Pastor J.D. reminds us today that our walk with the Lord is the same. When you really get to know Christ, you get into the heartier meat of the Bible. Now, be sure to stay with us after today's broadcast to get your own copy of this message. Subscribe to the Inspired in Truth podcast or download the Inspired in Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. But for now, here's Pastor J.D. in Hebrews chapter 5 with today's edition of In Spirit and Truth. I think of the Christian who has grown in grace and matured in Christ, knows the Word of God and the God of the Word. So when, not if, the storm hits and the storm hits, they're mature enough and they can handle it. This is an interesting analogy, wouldn't you agree? This notion of still being a spiritual infant? You haven't even teethed yet. You can't even eat prime rib. Wow, what a tragedy. I know that's a stretch, but you get the point, right? You're still on milk. You're still on the bottle. Man, you're missing out. Mature Christians, 42 ounce, spiritually speaking, of course. Prime rib, medium rare. That's meat. That's meat. But the immature Christian knows no such thing. Completely foreign to them. They've never tasted of that because they can't. All they can taste is just the milk, because they've never matured. It's really an indictment, and I want to be careful, because I don't want anybody to leave here today feeling condemnation. It's not condemnation, it's conviction. And there is a huge difference between the two. One of the litmus tests that has served me well in my walk with the Lord is that condemnation will drive me away from the Lord. That's what Satan wants, by the way. Whereas conviction will draw me near to the Lord. That's the Holy Spirit, by the way. It's not condemnation, because if it's condemnation, it's like, oh, I better keep my distance. Better not pray. I'm going to get it. The other shoe is going to drop. God's had it with me. No. That's condemnation. And Romans 8, 1, the whole chapter of Romans 8, especially if you struggle with doubt, 
about God's love for you, I really encourage you to spend some time in Romans chapter 8. There is no thing that can separate you from the love that God has for you. Neither height, nor depth, nor principality, nor power of darkness, nor any created thing, pretty much covers everything, (laughs) that could ever separate you from the love that God has for you. What if I told you that there's nothing you can do to make God love you less? How about that? Really? Yeah. No, you don't know, Pastor, with all due respect, I didn't have a very good week. Really? Uh, Who told you that? Well, I mean, just all week, I just, I blew it bad. Oh. Well, what did you do about it? Oh, I just kind of laid low. Stayed under the radar. Oh, that's too bad. All you would have had to do is go to the one who paid in full for that sin and instantly receive forgiveness for that sin. All you have to do, 1 John 1, 9, is confess that sin. And he is faithful and just to forgive you and cleanse you, purify you of all unrighteousness. Why would you not go to the one who could do that? That's where the Holy Spirit comes in, in that gentle, kind, patient, still, small voice. And you know this voice. It's the Holy Spirit. And you've grieved the Holy Spirit, who indwells you, because your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. Think about that. Just uh, This is kind of intense, but it's true. Everywhere you go, everything you watch, the Holy Spirit is there and sees it. Think about that next time you're in a conversation that's not edifying. The Holy Spirit is just writhing. No! So the Holy Spirit, what does the Holy Spirit do? Thankfully, (laughs) there's that putting God's finger on that thing, ever so gently, ever so lovingly, and convicting you. Not condemning you, convicting you. We need to deal with that. Let's go to the cross. Let's go to the Lord. You know, it's interesting. I I was thinking about Elijah this last week. He's one of my favorite men of God, mightily used of God. Uh, This man had issues, by the way. (laughs) I personally believe, though I know it's not necessarily something you can find in Scripture, but I think he was a pyromaniac. There's something about fire with this guy. I mean, he was just, he loved fire, you know. Well, anyway, this was a man who was mightily used of God. Very dramatic. I mean, there's the account in 1 Kings 18, that contest with the prophets, of Baal, and he's like, game on. You guys go ahead first, that's fine. You call upon your God, and we'll we'll see if fire comes down from heaven and consumes this sacrifice on the altar. It's really pretty dramatic. Boy, I tell you, somebody needs to make a movie about this account. It's just unbelievable. 
So all day long they're screaming and cutting themselves, by the way, which was what they did. It was a pagan custom to cut oneself. Interesting. And I love this about Elijah. He's having some fun with it. And you can't blame him. He's like, um, maybe he can't hear you. Why don't you yell louder? So they're like, boom, you know, screaming. Nothing, nothing. This goes on all day. He's like, well, hmm, maybe he's on vacation. There's one, and in the original language, you can check me on this, but he actually mocks them and says, maybe he's in the bathroom. No, you can, that's not the, that's a very loose paraphrase, but that's basically what he says to them. So this goes on, and finally he says, get out of my way. My turn, more like God's turn. And I mean, he says, oh, more water, more water, so there's no mistake here. So it's unmistakably clear that this is God. Calls out to God, fire comes down. I mean, it consumes everything. I love the, I think it's the New King James that says, it licks up all the water. That's pretty picturesque. And then he has 450 prophets of Baal slain. And you would think on the heels of such a grand and glorious victory for the Lord, that this man would be rejoicing. But he's not. He's running. Why? Because Jezebel put a contract out on his life. And he's running for his life. Fleeing Jezebel, who says, basically gets a message to him. I don't know if it was text or email or whatever. Basically saying, I'm going to do to you what you did to the prophets this time tomorrow. So here's this great man of faith calling fire down from heaven. I mean, it doesn't get any grander than that. And he's running for his life, goes, hides out in a cave. What what happened to you, man? And it gets even worse than that. He gets in the cave and he wants God to kill him. So God shows up, you know the account, right? Says, Elijah, what are you doing here, man? Again, a loose paraphrase doesn't say man, but you get the point. It's not so much what he said, it's how he said what he said. So first, there's this mighty wind, but God's not in the wind. Then there's this earthquake, I mean, we're talking massive earthquake. God's not in the earthquake. And <laughs> because Elisha's a pyromaniac, there's even fire. All of that. But God was not in that. And you would think that God would be in the big, because this is Elijah we're talking about, but he's not. What is he in? He's in that still, small voice. In the original, it carries with it the idea of still refining. It's that, I mean, it just gets to the heart of the matter. It's this conviction 
you're still on milk and you're missing out. You become dull of hearing. You no longer have interest. You're no longer even trying in that still, small, refining voice. And I love you so much that I can't stand to see you remain this way because I got so much for you. So much I want to show you. So much I want to give you. But you can't handle it because you're still on milk. You're still immature. I want to just share this um, before we close and I want to leave myself enough time for this because it's something that the Lord has impressed upon my heart very heavily, especially as of late. And it has to do with pastors not feeding the flock of God and teaching them and feeding them the meat. It's all fluff and cotton candy. The blame should not be laid only on the immature Christian, but certainly the pastor, the teacher, who is called to preach the Word. The blame is certainly theirs as well, if not more so. I know James says that desiring to be a teacher is noble and It's a good thing, but be careful because teachers will be judged by a much higher standard. Why do you think that is? Because we're dealing with the Word of God. And as the Apostle Paul would say, I have no one's blood on my hands because I did not cease to proclaim the whole counsel of God, the whole Word of God. You know, I have to confess that there have been times, I hope you don't look at me differently when I share this, (laughs) but there have been times where the passage going through the Bible, the whole counsel of God from Genesis to Revelation, I've come across a portion of Scripture, I'm like, no! Please, Lord, can we just skip that one? Nope! Lord, this is tough stuff. I know. Lord, I don't want to teach it, and they don't want to hear it. And surely the temptation is to, if I do teach it, to kind of just soften the edges a little bit. And to do so is to rob you. Sometimes it's a hard word, but that's a good thing. Since we're talking about milk and meat and food, it's really the vegetables that none of us like. But they're very nourishing and very healthy. We need it. I don't want it. No, but you need it. You need it to grow. You want to grow? Yeah. Well then, this is how you're going to grow. So there's been times where I've been tempted to revisit. Maybe I'll do a series. (laughs) You know, just kind of a, just for a few weeks on the love of God. Why are you looking at me like that? (laughs) I mean, 
Yay! God loves you. You know, let's just take just a break, maybe just for a few weeks from talking about that. Nope. I think of Jesus to Peter when he restored him. He says, Peter, do you love me? Yes, I do, Lord, I love you. Then feed my sheep. A second time, Peter, do you love me? Lord, yes, I love you. And by the third time, and this to me explains why Peter wept, because he, he figured it out, he got it. That third time was to restore him, because three times Peter denied him. That third time, do you love me? And he wept, yes, I love you. And he says to him three times, then feed my sheep. If you love me, you'll feed them. I want you to be the most well-fed. I mean, when you leave here, you're like, man, ah, I'm stuffed. Spiritually speaking, of course. And here's why. Because if you're full in the Spirit, you won't have an appetite for the flesh. You know, the best um, example, again, I hope you don't tire of this, and if you have a better one, I'm, I'm all ears, I'm very open, and we'll close with this one. But if you invite me to your place for dinner, and on the way there I drive by Taco Bell, and they have a special, you know, the 12-pack, variety pack tacos with the mild sauce. And I give in, and I pull in, and I buy me one of those 12-packs of tacos, and I just whack it and eat it and stuff myself with it. Then I show up at your place, and there you are. You've... Cr- I, you must have spent all day on that. What a wonderful meal. Oh my goodness. We have a problem. (laughs) I'm full. I don't have any more of an appetite. I can't take another bite. Let's flip that around. You invite me over for dinner, and I show up, and I eat a magnificent meal that you prepared. I mean, wonderful. Oh, I leave the, I'm so, oh, I was so good. I'm so full. I'm so satisfied. Now I drive by Taco Bell, and it's speaking to me in tongues. <laughs> yeah saying my name, J.D. (laughs) I am not interested. Why? I'm full. I'm full of the Spirit. I won't fulfill the lust, the appetite of the flesh. That's what that means, by the way. When you walk in the Spirit, you're so full of the Spirit, busy, In the Spirit, you don't have time for the flesh. 
You're so full in the Spirit, you don't have an appetite for the flesh. That's why. Okay, one last thing. (laughs) Back to this confession, (laughs) this temptation to... (sighs) Before COVID hit, it hit me (laughs) that when I stand before the Lord, I have to give an account for what I did behind this pulpit in this His church, as is my privilege to be as the pastor of this church. And I want to hear, like you, those words from the Savior, well done, good and faithful servant, enter in. I was faithful to that which God called me to. And I got to tell you that when COVID hit, it hit me that had that not been the case. I mean, we had been going through the Bible some uh, 16 years prior, and we were growing. I'm not just talking numerically. That's not really the gauge anyway. We were growing spiritually. And I speak of myself too. We were growing. We were maturing. And then when this thing hit, we were immovable. We were immovable. We could handle it. I don't want to leave you with the impression that those who are young in the Lord, nothing wrong with that. You need to grow though. Don't stay there. Don't stay immature. I mean, new believers, you're you're immature. Yeah, it is milk, but if you've been walking with the Lord for any length of period of time and you're still on milk, to use the writer of Hebrews analogy, how heartbreaking would that be? I mean, it's adorable when you see an infant. Oh, so, so cute. What if you came back 16 years later and they're still in the crib with a bottle? That would be tragic. That would be heartbreaking. And that's what the writer of Hebrews is saying here. In the days ahead, I do not know how anyone is going to survive, let alone thrive, with what's coming, without maturing and growing in Christ, getting off the milk so that you can handle the meat, the meat of God's Word. This chapter, and by the way, it doesn't get easier. Chapter 6, whoo! I want to talk about some meat. It's very meaty, but very good, very good. Loving Heavenly Father, thank You. Thank You for those warning lights in our Christian lives. Lord, I pray that we would never be numbered amongst those of whom it can be said that they ignored it, were not interested in it, but that rather we would be numbered amongst those of whom it can be said they took heed, took heed to thy word. Lord, thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. 
We're so glad you joined us for this edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Throughout much of this book, Jesus is mentioned as the great high priest. Aren't you glad that you can go directly to him with your troubles? There's no need for an intermediary person to bridge the gap. Jesus became that bridge when he died on the cross. If you'd like to know or understand more about this concept, we encourage you to go to calvarychapelkaneohe.com and look for the resources tab. Under that, there's a link to the ABCs of salvation. This provides an in-depth overview of what it means to believe that Jesus died for your sins and saves you from a life and eternity without him. Hebrews simply touches on the fact that Jesus fulfilled all the things that were promised in the Old Testament. It's like when you're reading a spy novel and you're given clues earlier on, but then it all makes sense in the end. Would you like to connect with others in their faith walk? If you're not currently part of a church, join us at Calvary Chapel Kaneohe. We meet on Sundays at 8.30, 10.45 a.m. and Thursdays at 7 p.m. You can find directions at our website, calvarychapelkaneohe.com. While you're there, you might be interested in some additional teachings by Pastor J.D., including his Mideast Prophecy Updates. This is an accurate look at what the Bible has to say about this current time in the world's history. That's all we have for today, but thanks for tuning in. We hope you'll join Pastor J.D. for the next edition as we learn more valuable things from the book of Hebrews, right here on In Spirit and Truth.